0: Everything you are about to hear in this podcast is completely improvised. The film title and director's names are kept secret from our guests and team until the moment that we hit record. They're about to work together to create a film that will undoubtedly be a box office smash hit. Welcome to this week's episode of the Improvised Movie Director Podcast.
1: Peter Brook said, you become a director by calling yourself a director, and you then persuade other people that it's true. Whilst today's director does indeed possess extraordinary powers of persuasion, his success is not what he calls himself, but in what others call him. I, personally, call him one of the finest cinematic minds of our time. I'm Martina Minow, and I'm delighted to introduce Marvin Whittle, director of Some Like It Hot Fuzz. Welcome, Marvin.
2: It's an absolute pleasure. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Delighted. And Marvin, how are you today? Of the success of Some Like It Hot Fuzz...
2: I am over the moon. I just
1: can't believe it's been such a success. I mean, seriously, I'm really, really pleased. It's absolutely wonderful. And I'm not normally into the action thrillers, being of a cerebral temperament. But this was absolutely stonking. I loved it.
2: Well, thank you. Uh, action thriller is something that I think sometimes has been overplayed, overused. But oh, I, I just had this idea and thought, crash, bang, wallop, we've got to do this.
1: Crash, bang, wallop, indeed. And I've obviously watched it, but our listeners, sometimes, they're not quick off the mark. So could you tell us, what's it all about?
2: Of course, yes. So essentially what happens is there is a blonde lady who is uh, working in a a police force in London. But the blonde lady moves out of London and meets two friends. Now, uh, the friends turn out to be... Uh, (sighs) murderers yeah so she has to deal with that and obviously it's very 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 cool
1: this is precisely why I don't keep friends one can never be sure if they're going to be murderers or not better to live a life of solitude I find that's that's truly why I don't have any friends honest so uh, we've got your protagonist Clarice beautiful name and we're going to cut to the sequence where she meets her murderous friends for the first time here we go
0: Boy, oh boy, it sure is different here than when I'm from, in Hollywood. Why, what are all these meat hooks about? And I say, Mr. Butcher, why are you covered in so much blood? Down here, we ain't got
3: no technology, so we have to use the hooks for the meat. Don't you never seen no meat before? This here is what we call the long haul. The long hog looks kind of familiar kinda
0: familiar
3: you hush up friend there All right,
0: please continue with the explanation mr butcher i was just supporting you as your friend yeah.
3: don't you be telling about no outhouse back there where nobody's supposed to go none you'll give away some untoward information
0: well i sure as hecky don't know anything about no outhouse i'll tell you what mr butcher mrs knife why don't I just go set up in that spare bedroom that you set up for me in the basement? The one with the mattress next to the radiator with all of those fun chains on.
3: Well, it like pleasant night day if I go and make yourself comfortable.
1: Mr. Butcher and Mrs. Knife, the symbolism there. It was really quite subtle, I felt. It's
2: interesting, because I... Generally, I'm not a fan of subtext. So uh, what I I try to do is make it quite clear what's gonna happen, because I don't like surprises. But then if someone doesn't pick up on stuff, then it is a surprise. And then if they like surprises, that's okay.
1: What a wonderful way of seeing the world, Mr Whittle. It's marvellous. And this unlikely friendship, it was quite something to behold, because right off the get-go I thought, my gosh, Clarice, she's going to get murdered. I sense it. I'm good at these things. Plot? (laughs) Nothing's impenetrable to Martina Minow. But actually, there was a little twist, because they actually became quite good friends, and it all stemmed around an unusual common interest. Let's cut to
0: look uh mr butcher i don't wanna cause any trouble but uh i gotta say that you and i we make a, and of course mrs knife thank you uh we make a uh, pretty good combination
3: you never told me you like murdering tourists as well
0: well it's easier to do in hollywood i imagine I wonder if, you know, after we've cut this guy open and feasted on his organs, you might consider a little bit of a, a, you know, gosh, I don't know, maybe an alliance? A girl like me could do an awful lot with a man like you, a girl like you, and an abattoir like this.
3: Uh, what do you mean you're gonna cut me open, eh? I was just waiting for my complimentary breakfast. You just shut your face!
0: <laughs> oh, my. I did not expect your grip to be so firm, nor your neck-breaking abilities so impressive, Mr. Butcher.
3: Well, when you kill as many people as I have, you get good at it.
0: Yeah, real good! Well, I sense an alliance coming down the train line, like a... train.
1: An unlikely alliance? very interesting to see that commonality. I'm told that's how one makes friends, finding things in common. was great to see that brought to life on screen. And then they hot-footed off to Hollywood. And, well, what a stonking scene that was. Mr. Butcher, Mrs. Knife, Clarice, off to Hollywood. Ooh. Gave me all the tingles. It's one of
2: my favourites. And there's also a little nugget of extra in there because what I didn't tell anyone is that the first draft of the movie was actually a zombie movie. And there were a little couple of references there about eating innards. Now, one or two of those do Mm. appear in the rest of the film. We meant to cut them, but we forgot.
1: Oh, well, I do love an Easter egg and I'll look out for them. What was it like filming on set? I hear that you actually paid for Times Square. I think you might be what we call a baller.
2: I am a baller, a massive baller at that, and I I paid for Times Square not because we needed Times Square, but, but because I didn't have a green screen. So what we did is we put all of the all of the backdrops we needed on all of the billboards, the, the mechanical billboards, what are they called digital. Yeah, all of the digital billboards, and uh, we just put whatever we needed. Sometimes that was just a forest or a house, which admittedly might have been cheaper than. Times Square, coming to think about it.
1: But what is the cost of great cinema? If you want Times Square and you want digital backdrops, Mr. Whittle, you go and get it. Because what you have made is phenomenal. Now we're going to play the scene where they arrive in Hollywood, which is not where Times Square is, I now remember. <laughs> we're going to play that now.
0: Well, here we are the big banana. Hollywood.
1: Yep, yeah,
3: it's just as I imagined it there, with all the fancy pants and the groundman Chinese theatre. It's everything I imagined. Fewer buildings that are really tall. I imagined, uh, you know, there might be Empire State Building here, but uh, maybe my memory playing tricks on it.
0: No sure there is. It's just down the way next to Mount Rushmore and the Great Lakes. Hell ah, yes. We got everything in Hollywood, everything you might wish for. Oh
3: look, what we're dead coming to Mm. alter. Celebrity poems, maps of the stars. (laughs) Shut the hell up, you!
1: Zombie celebrity tours, how delightful, and probably just about as insightful. I've been on one of those celebrity tours. They just took me to see Rowena Rowe. It was most disappointing. I had a bit of an altercation with her outside her Beverly Hills complex. That's in Hollywood, I'm sure. Back to you. I am very interested in what the political statement you're trying to make in this film is. What is, the, what is the call to action for our viewers? Is it to go out and murder tourists? Is it to be kinder to tour guides on the street? What is it that you're trying to move within our souls, Mr Whittle? I think
2: politics can be small P as well as big P. So politics can be just, where's your bins? Or, why don't I have enough toilet paper? Or, uh, why is the man across the road looking at me through the binoculars? Those sorts of politics. And I felt like this film tried to get at the idea that some people are really famous and big, like celebrities and actors and celeb actors. But some people are really small, like non-celeb actors peoples. And basically,
1: you see what I mean? I absolutely do, Mr Whittle. You are one of life's most verbose and clear speakers, and both small and large actors will find a home in your films. Now, I hear the casting for this was quite tense, and you did leave a few people rather disgruntled. In particular, uh, you offended Suzanne Scrumptious, who wanted to play the lead role of Clarice She's actually slammed you quite significantly. Uh, She went on BBC News and said that you were a hack. How do you respond? Yeah,
2: I I didn't like that because it sounded like she was being mean. Mm. I think that she doesn't know what she's talking about. And I mean, uh, there was a clip that went viral that was of the actual audition because we recorded it. And it went viral because someone leaked it. And uh, there was quite a big argument at the audition. So, uh, yeah, I'm not hack. I'm not hack. I've never used the saw. I don't understand. I I think I did a nice job and I thought uh, she wasn't very nice.
1: No, no, and we do have the viral clip of that, an altercation between you and Suzanne Scrumptious. She didn't agree with your casting choices. Let's cut to.
2: I'm just very sorry that you, 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 you sent me an
3: e- e-mail, but I just don't read those. So if you don't carry a pigeon, maybe I would have picked up on it.
0: What do you mean you don't read emails? How dare you? I am Suzanne Scrumptious. I am the premier ingenue of this industry. How dare you? I'll memorise Shakespeare for you. I'll memorise that bit in Macbeth, you know.
3: I know, but we were looking for someone maybe a bit more modern for this role.
0: Modern? Modern? You think that a zombie show, a zombie film, should be modern? I flip my middle bird at you, sir. I've brought all my canaries, and the middle one's going to flip you off. You wouldn't know a good film if it chewed on your neck and infected you with zombification. You, sir, are a hack, and an idiot, and a plebeian. And there's nothing that you can say to make me change my mind.
3: Okay, well, I'm going to take my quill and write away all my bad feelings. So you have a nice day, Suzanne. I'm going to sit on my pile of money with my supermodel wife and think about what I've done.
1: I feel you took it in good grace, Marvin, because she was obviously very angry, um, but you took it well.
2: Yeah, there was a nice bit at the end when she called me a plebeian because I've always wanted to be a dinosaur. And that was a nice little touch. And I thought, you know what? You've been quite angry before, but at the end you were quite nice. So, yeah, I, I spent a good ten minutes after that doing a Velociraptor impression, but, oh, I shouldn't have said that. Cut that bit out. Cut that bit out.
1: Oh, well, if we promised to cut it out, would you give us a demonstration of your Velociraptor impression? Sure, yes. Reminds me of when my sister gave birth. I can understand that.
2: It's probably the small arms, isn't it? Babies have small arms too.
1: They do, they do. Well, Mr Whittle, let's get back to the movie. That's what it's all about. Now, obviously, they go on their rambunctious slaughter fest. Then Clarice has a crisis of conscience. And I identified with that because I know I live a charmed life. But sometimes I question my life choices, too. It was quite a philosophical moment. She's staring at the stars, wondering, who am I? Why am I here? Should I be hacking away at tourists in the fashion to which I've become accustomed? And haven't we all asked ourselves that question? Let's cut two.
0: Do you ever think there's more to life than cutting people up and feasting on their organs.
3: Yeah, well, there's the torture beforehand and then there's the disposal of uh, remains afterward.
0: I meant more to do with love, Mr. Butcher. You gotta
3: love eating them bones.
0: Oh, well, sure. I love to eat a good bone every now and again. Can't get enough of shoving bones in my mouth. And crunching down tibia fibia metacarpal
3: patella I'm sure that's one occipital bone
0: yeah the hammer and anvil those are the smallest ones they're in your ear yep oh mr butcher i i got to say it i got to say it even if it loses me my entire double life here as a starlet and murderer i've developed feelings for you feelings that i don't think i can be whole if i do not confess And I know you and Mrs. Knife may have a thing going on, but here and now, I want to tell you, underneath these stars, while we both stand on the body of that politician, I I feel like maybe you and I, we could make something better than just
3: another corpse. Well, despite the fact that me and Mrs. Knife are married, even though she didn't take my name for some reason.
0: I'm an independent woman, yeah! disagree with the patriarchal origins of the institution of marriage. It's based on the oppression and privatisation of women and a misogynist history that is utterly at odds with modern society. I may be a murderer, but by God, I will not see my property rights nor name to a man.
3: Yeah, she, she knows her own mind, that's for sure. That's what first attracted me to Mrs. now.
0: Boy, oh boy, I sure do love the way she just rides by on a horse and just yells her opinions, but... Uh, Mr. Butcher, are you telling me that it's a no? Are you telling me that I'll be forever a half person? No offence, Senator.
3: All I'm saying is that whenever I'm with you, I get a feeling inside that's like hot fur. Beautiful. And...
1: Mrs Knife is my favourite character, I'm with her, I won't bow down to the patriarchy, no sorry. I'll be a minnow until the day I die.
2: I, I will admit I did get in a, a guest writer to write that bit because it felt a bit big P, political, and I, I just don't know that much stuff because it's not really like, why, why has someone switched my Primula for toothpaste or, or, or why is there a picture of that man on my fridge?
1: And it's always helpful to get help with a big P. I think that's a wise decision, Mr Whittle. Thank you. I loved it, obviously, but you have had some criticism. Vince Vicious has spoken out and said that this film was terrible. How do you feel about that? And have you heard Mr Vicious's review?
2: Yes, I did. I mean, it got to number one, so it was kind of hard not to hear it. Um, But um, yeah, I mean, there was a bit at the end that I might have misinterpreted, but I thought was a compliment. Hmm. But, yeah, I mean, it's worth listening to, even if it is harsh criticism.
1: Mr Whittle, that's what I really admire about you. Some directors, they come on here and they want to cover it up and sweep it under the carpet. But you are are here to take the rough with the smooth, and I respect that. Here we are. It's quite rough. Here's Mr Vince Vicious and his review of Some Like It Hot Fuzz.
3: And now on song reviews, our number one is Sid Vicious's review of Some Like It Hot Bug. I watched this film and I got a feeling Like stepping on a snail at night It crept along my spine and was peeling And I thought that the film was shite Ooh, Big P, ooh, Little P, I don't like, neither at enough Ooh, Big P, ooh, Little P, I
1: think this is the director's fall. Oh my, the problem is, Mr Whittle, it's really rather catchy. I've been singing it in the shower every day since. How do you respond?
2: I mean, everything about the film was my fault, but I interpret that as a good way because, I mean, I did do most of the writing, even though directors don't normally write, and I did produce a lot of it because I had to pay a, a good £500 million for the, for the Times Square uh, billboards, in the, the, the digital billboards, yeah. And, um, yeah, so I, I take a bit of pride in that bit because it means that I did it all, even though some people might not like it. I say to them, okay, have a nice Christmas.
1: I respect your ownership and the way you take accountability. I admire that, Mr. Whittle. I do. Now, the final closing sequence, where Clarice delivers an impassioned speech to all of the zombies that they have encountered, to Mrs. Knife and Mr. Butcher, it was rousing. How did that? feel to film
2: I I felt very roused at the end of it I felt like all of us were very uplifted and at the same time felt like something big had happened because even though it was a film it felt almost like it was real which I think means that they did the acting good
1: yes yes they did let's cut to listen I
0: understand that I'm just a woman in a world full of people some alive, some dead, some undead, but at the end of the day, I gotta say, Mr. Butcher, Mrs. Knife, what's left of the Senator, all the rest of you assembled around Beverly Hills, I gotta say to you, we gotta ask the real questions. Who is redistributing those recycling bags at a rate that doesn't keep up with the rate of which I want to throw away cardboard. To whom do I speak about getting new insoles? Because I like the outside of my shoes, but the inside of my shoes has worn away because I wore them so much because I liked them. And I gotta ask you, I gotta say to you, why is the picture of that man on my fridge? Why?
1: Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. (laughs) So, moving.
2: I have a real problem with insults, so every time I hear that bit, it just tears me up. Um,
1: I see that. Mr Whittle, let us compose ourselves, hard as it might be. I want to know, Mr Whittle, is there another Whittle biopic in the making? Is it true? Is there something coming?
2: There will be another film, yes definitely definitely
1: 124% 124% i like those stats what's the new film about
2: oh it's about someone who can't do maths as well as they thought they could it's called 124% mm-hmm. and uh, uh, they uh yeah they they can't do maths as well as they thought but then but, the, but then a zombie comes into the school and then uh helps them with the maths homework Uh, And then at the end, well, I don't want to spoil
1: anything. You never could, Mr Whittle, you never could. Listeners, friends, here is the trailer for 124% directed by my friend and yours, Marvin Whittle.
0: Join the mathletes! You
3: can't even count the boy.
0: Yeah, you better stick out of the mathletes' way, or else we're gonna humiliate you arithmetically.
3: Yeah, I got an imperfect number for you, and I'm gonna stick it where the quadratic don't shine.
0: Oh boy, I thought I was good at math, but. Turns out I'm not as good at math as I thought I was. Oh boy, they're sure aren't gonna kick me out of the school if I don't- Wait a second. What's that
2: screaming? SEVEN BRAINS!
0: Well, it'll make sense when you do it like that. Seven brains plus three more brains equals eleven. No. Ten brains. Ten brains.
3: This summer, the world's craziest buddy movie ever is coming to a screen near you. Starring Adam Sandler as the principal. Oh
0: boy, I'm Adam Sandler. Starring Jodie Whittaker as the person that can't do math.
3: So, um, I, I, I'm not really sure, but seven plus eight is nine?
0: This summer. Are you certain that you can do this math? 124%.
1: Oh, fantastic. And those zomb buddies are going to divide and conquer. I can't wait. Mr Whittle, it's been a delight. Before we finish today, do you have any final words of wisdom for our listeners?
2: Yes. Uh, If it turns out that someone has put a picture of a man on a fridge... You can do a reverse image search on the digital platforms and you can find out who it is. It turns out it was uh, Christian and Guru Murthy from the Channel 4 News. I didn't know who that was before, but now I do.
1: Well, if you're going to have any man on your fridge, he seems as good as any. Thank you so much, Mr Whittle. What a delight it has been. A pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. The improvised movie director podcast featured sabrina luisi as martina minnow with resident improvisers vicky hawley and rory vieira with special thanks to this week's guest ryan j murphy imdp is produced and edited by steve tanner theme music by matt brown and johnny griffiths episode artwork by marty sears additional music by stan babich Follow us at Improv Movie Pod for updates on future episodes and live shows. Improvised Movie Director Podcast is a 4 Foot 1 Films production.